welcome everybody to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. I am enthusiastic to tell you about today's show. We're going to be talking about mansplaining defined. What does this word mean? There's a whole crop of these uh, feminist types of words that have come on the scene. We're going to talk about this one and many more. Before we get into today's topic, we are, if you happen to have missed last week's show, we were talking about bad boys get more dates from last week's show. Are you sitting around waiting for Miss Perfect all the while? You haven't been laid in years. Ever wonder why the bad boys get dates and laid plenty? Do they have qualities that you lack? Well, you can now find out how to up your game, and we're going to pick and choose some of the qualities that the bad boys have without being a bad boy in full. Um, just pick and choose those qualities that you can use to your advantage. So to listen to last week's show, you can go to my on-demand library. You can get it right from my new mobile app, uh, Listen On Demand. Um, if for some reason uh, you haven't downloaded my app for either the iPhone or the Android, um, you can also hear us on SoundCloud and TuneIn. All right, so go get the app because that's really the best way to uh, interact with me, to see everything that I'm up to. You'll have a full library of not only the show but my website, my books, my speaking engagements. It's coaching, it's all right there for you, bundled right and nice and easy right there on the app. Okay? All right, so let's get into today's topic. We're going to be talking about mansplaining defined and other man-hate words that have cropped up. Now, have these behaviors existed for a very long time? Of course they have. But somehow, now they've been given a negative spin, a negative connotation. Now, do women display some of these behaviors? Of course. But they are exempt from anything unkind, it seems. So it seems very unbalanced and lopsided to me. So what I want to know is, how does all this negativity sit with you? Are you okay with it? Do you accept it? Or has it been too long that we should have been, we should have been calling, women should have been calling men these names from long ago? And now there's just a label to it, whereas these behaviors <laughs> were uh, not very pleasant from the women's point of view. So I want you to take a side. Are you pro or against these words? I, I'll try to stay neutral. I think they're a little bit crazy myself. Um, I think there's a hundred thousand words in the common English language and I think there are words to describe almost anything you want to describe uh, in the English language. Unlike other languages that you're kind of searching around, scratching your head, trying to find a word, that doesn't seem to be the case in the English language. So do we need more of these words? Mm, what do you think? I really want you to call and let me know. Um, also, if there's a particular word that you'd like to find or a particular uh, man-hate word that you want explanation on or you want to give me your gripes or your questions or comments, please do call in. That call-in number, in case you don't have the app, is 951 922 3532. Again, that number is 951 922 3532. Okay. Okay, great. Oh, wow. We, we, uh, well, let me just define the term and then uh, I see that we have a caller on the line. We'll be right there, caller. So, mansplaining, what is it? It's a contraction of two words. It's the contraction of the word man plus explaining, okay, mansplaining. So what does this word mean exactly? Once coined, the term spread into the mainstream medium so quickly and so thoroughly that a few years ago, mansplaining landed on the New York Times words of the year list, okay? So that's how popular this word is. Okay, so what is it? 
It's a man who is interrupting a woman to explain to her something that she actually knows more about than he does, which kind of makes crazy. Make it, That's the reason why women are made crazy over this sort of thing. Um, in other words, this man is talking down to a woman because he presumes he knows more than she. Aha. Okay, there, therein lies the problem right there. If you're coming from a place of being helpful or informative or educational, that's one thing. But there seems to be a negative connotation to this word that you're condescending. And that, that's what they're objecting to. So now sub, some subjects seem like they're fair game. So if you take a typical subject that a man usually knows a lot about or has an area of expertise in, like finance or automobile engines or plumbing, um, I guess men seem to think that those kind of subjects are fair game for jumping in and explaining themselves and talking down to women. So I'd like your take on it. Do you think this is fair? Do you want to retaliate? Do you want to jump back? You you want to, uh, you know, sock them in the neck? I mean, what do you want to do? All right. So these phrases that we're going to talk about today are used by feminists to try to turn the unpleasant but universal behavior of interrupting into a gendered issue. Okay, so that's the crux of what they're trying to say here. All right, let's welcome our first caller to the show. We have Tom from Los Angeles. Welcome, Tom. How are you? All right, how are you, Linda? Awesome, thank you. So what do you think about this crazy topic today, mansplaining or some of these other words? I, uh, I Honestly, I, I just listened to what you said, and I still don't understand it. <laughs> I, I've been... <laughs> I've been trying to figure this out for a while. Um, uh, I, I can see where a woman may take offense to this mansplaining. Uh, if it is a deliberate um, attempt at, you know, at uh, condescending towards a woman. But, I mean, how, how, does, how do you know that? How do you know that the guy isn't genuinely trying to help or assist with something by just explaining something? Not, not presuming that the woman is unintelligent. Um, and that's my problem with it, is it, is it seems to jump to a conclusion that if a gentleman is trying to say something, share something, whatever, uh, that there's some sort of, I, I automatically assume because you're a woman, you don't know any better, and that's why I'm saying this to you. And that is where I kind of have a, a, a problem with it. Um, I've had conversations with the women and I had no intent of, of uh, you know, trying to make them feel silly or insulted or anything and, and snap that. And, I'm, and then I'm in shock, like, what I say? What I say? What, 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 what happened? <laughs> I, I can see what you mean. And I, I guess there's a different flavor to it if, it if the message is informational or educational. But I think what these women are complaining about is that, Sometimes it's very obvious that the woman he's talking to, you know, has a great deal of knowledge on the subject. I'll, I'll give you an example. Paul Ryan was recently in the news on this uh, mansplaining topic, and he was, you know, booed, pretty much booed off the stage almost. And the reason why is he was trying to mansplain Catholicism to a nun. So here's his quote. He says, I know that you're Catholic, as am I. And it seems to me that most of the Republicans in the Congress are not willing to stand with the poor and working class as evidenced in the recent debates about health care and the anticipated tax reform. So I'd like to ask you how you see yourself upholding the church's social teaching that has the idea that Quote, God is always on the side of the poor and the dispossessed, as we should be. So <laughs> I think that's what they're complaining about. You know, it's like the person whom you're talking to, they obviously have some knowledge on what you're, what you're bringing to the table. So why are you trying to talk over them? Well, uh, based on that, I'm, I'm, I'm still a little confused because I, I don't see Paul Ryan trying to explain Catholicism to 
a couple of nuns, which in that regard, I would absolutely <laughs> agree with the nuns. But yeah. uh, he's talking about politics, and um, that's you know to me that it, then the, the area becomes a little more gray. So uh, I, I think if you look at it, you almost have to take it as a case by case basis. You know, yeah. I I know nothing about dentistry, but if I'm going to talk to a woman and try to tell her how to replace, you know, how to pull a tooth, then yes, then I I deserve a, a smack. But um, uh, uh, in, in so many other cases, I I think it just it's over people are just overly sensitive, um, and you know, and I know I, I get smacked for this one, but I I think this new feminism. It's just, uh, it, it just, it, it seems to be looking for any excuse to condemn men um, on, on a lot of levels. I agree with you there. I agree with you there. And as for Paul Ryan, I think he just had a really poor choice of words. I mean, had he really just gotten to the point of what he wanted to say rather than, you know, going off on a tangent about Catholicism, like, you know, I'm a you know, Catholic too, so therefore I have the right to speak on this issue. Rather than going there, <laughs> he should have just said, guess what? If Obamacare gets overturned, the poor and the disenfranchised are going to be out of luck, you know, until the next administration or whatever. And here's how many people will be out of commission if this bill passes. There'll be 12 million people that will be affected by by this uh overturning this bill but he didn't say it like that he didn't say it directly like that and he brought in a topic catholicism that had almost nothing to do with the subject well then 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 you yeah that's a valid point so why you do know, men do that i mean they, they it's like is it one upsmanship is that what's going on here <laughs> I just. I mean, I just if, think... if you're a politician, talk about politics. Talk about the overturning of Obamacare. Don't be talking about some other area that's unrelated to the topic. Well, yeah, I agree with you, um, uh, especially in this day and age of, of political correctness, and that we and people are out there just can't wait to shred a politician. <laughs> uh, then, yeah, I would. I would certainly, especially someone in his position, I would step back for a second and think consider about what i'm going to say uh especially if it's politics or religion you know i i hear bartenders say that the last two things you should discuss are politics and religion as a bartender uh, sure. but it seems to me that that's spreading out throughout a lot of society you got to watch what you say here and there and um so yeah um it, it just seems again that there's this oversensitivity and 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 uh, and that I, I even at, at my age, I'm in my fifties. I'm getting to the point to where I'm, I'm, I'm trying to watch what I say, and and that that really bothers me at the same time. I mean, I don't go out of my way to offend people unless they deserve it, but um, uh, I, 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 there are terms I use that I've been using my whole life, and now I'm discovering that suddenly they're inappropriate. and Or, or they have a new definition altogether. Yeah, you know, I, I shared something with you on Facebook about um, I, uh, I had an incident at a supermarket where um, as I was leaving the supermarket, there was a woman and her young daughter uh, leaving the, the, the door as I was, were going through the door at the same time, and her daughter kind of took a turn, <coughs> excuse me, and bumped into me. And then the mother apologized, and I said, no, that's okay. And I was looking down at the little girl. She was probably six or seven. And she just had this look of, of kind of embarrassment or something on her face. And I said, I said, sweetie, don't worry about it. And her mother just snapped at me and said, how dare you call her sweetie? What is wrong with you? And I, I was just absolutely stunned. And, I, and I've shared this with other people. And they said, "Oh yeah, well, what's, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? You can't be calling people sweetie or sweetheart." And I'm like, "Really? I, I I thought that was a term of endearment. When did it become an insult?" And uh, so I'm just just given that. I'm just wondering, you know, what what's this country going to be like in five years? You know, right. is, is the first is the First Amendment going to be abolished by then? I mean, I I I just I don't understand it. I refer to a little girl as sweetie, and man, you 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 swear that I I did something perverse. 
I know. It's it's pretty crazy. I mean, you know, one of the reasons why I like your commentary is that you're direct and you're to the point, and I'm kind of blunt, too, and I get myself in trouble, too, and I really don't like this PC business. I, I don't like having to self-edit every single thing I say. It's like, it's like, it's ridiculous. They're well, just so thin-skinned and so, you know, apt to attack people. It's crazy. Well, I agree with you. I, to me, there's two things. There's uh, simple manners where you just, you are polite to people and you watch what you say. But I think that this whole political correctness has just kind of overridden that. And you and uh, you have to watch every little thing and... And it's expanding, you know, it's kind of taking control of our of our vocabulary and taking words that I think are harmless and, and turning them into something that are hurtful. And I just, I, I don't get where that's coming from. Uh, and uh, that's, I, 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 I do fear, I, I fear for our, our, our country in that regard and, and how, how much further is this going to go? I mean, some people just, just the slightest thing and they are just, set off and I don't get it I, uh, and I know there's a difference in the generations I grew up in a generation where everyone had a thicker skin and it was fun to insult each other but we knew we were joking and I, 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 I'm, I'm glad I'm my age I don't, I don't know what I would do if I was 22 right now growing up knowing, in this, this knowing age. what we know yeah knowing what we knowing know and knowing that, we, that, we lived that in a world that was so different than what it is now exactly yeah, I mean, and I, given guess, the fact I guess if you're a millennial and you don't know any better, that's all you know, and I guess you have no point of reference. But for someone like the two of us, <laughs> we've seen better times here. And, and uh, with your five-year uh, comment, I really don't see this turning back. I, I think it's just going to continue to escalate and escalate and escalate. I, I don't see it going back in the other direction. Yeah, I, and it is. I, 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 I am fearful, and um, you know, maybe it is time to uh, to go live in a log cabin out in the middle of nowhere and stay away from society. Because uh, <laughs> the good Lord knows, uh, you know, what, what it's going to be like. Uh, you know, even saying hello to a perfect stranger may be offensive. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Absolutely. I get letters all the time from guys. You know, they're old school guys and hey, they're they're holding the door open in a lobby, you know, rather than letting the, that door slam on the next person that's coming through. And they get these hate letters like, how dare you? I'm capable. I can hold the door myself. And of course, the next person is capable you know, unless you're an invalid or something, of course you're capable. It has nothing to do with being capable. It's just a civil gesture. Why are you yeah. reading more into it? The person's trying to be nice. Otherwise, the door's going to slam in your face. That, that's so funny you, you bring that up because, yeah, I, I'm old-fashioned that way. I still believe in chivalry. I'm glad to open doors and pull out chairs for women and all that. And I had an experience where I was in an elevator and uh, I stepped in the elevator first, and then a woman stepped in after me. And I pushed the button of the floor I was going to, and I asked her, what floor? And she just leaned over, and then she just pushed the button. And I said, that was thinking, okay. And she goes, I'm perfectly capable of pushing my own button. And I just, I just, I started laughing. I actually started laughing out loud. And, of course, I got a dirty look. And uh, I, I just, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, that's kind of the norm. What floor do you push buttons for other people? It's just a, a nice little gesture. And, uh, you know, apparently <laughs> pushing a button on the elevator is now an insult to some. Wow. I wonder, you know, some of these uh, people have, like, fear of security or something. Like, let's say you're going to the 11th floor and she's going to the 9th floor. Ooh, maybe she doesn't want you to know what floor she's getting off on. Is it is it a well, security issue that you might stalk her or run after her or something? Is that what's going on? You know, that's actually a valid point. You know, at the same time, <laughs> as, as, as I look at it, thinking what I'm doing is, is harmless, I don't know what's going on in your head. So what you're saying, yes, it is possible that maybe she's had a, a bad experience somewhere and had some other dope do something, so she's a little more cautious. So in that regard, 
okay, but I don't know that. And, yeah. and, 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 and she doesn't, and, and why would she generalize? If she had a bad experience with another guy, why does it, uh, that automatically make me, that, that I, you make it that I could possibly be the same sort of dope that this other guy was? And now, now we're talking about general, generalizing and all that, and I think we need to, to step back on that and um, uh, maybe just give people the benefit of the doubt, or is that going to fade away too? I don't know. And you know what? While we're talking about civility, why does the civility not go in the other direction? Why can't she just smile at you and say, oh, thanks very much for thinking of me, but I got it, and then go ahead and press the, the ninth floor or whatever? You know, I mean, just make it light and lighthearted and civil. Like, be civil back. I mean, maybe there is a backstory to it. Who knows? But that's none of your business, really. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. And if she had said that, I would have said, OK, fine. You know, I, I'm a very easygoing person. So uh, I, I wouldn't have said, so why can't I push a button for you? I wouldn't have pressed her on it. I would have yeah. just said, OK, no problem. Yeah. Honey, let me finish what I'm doing on the 11th floor and I'm going to come back and get you. I'm going to stalk you. Yeah. You know, the, the, <laughs> I know funny... where you live now. You're on nine. Okay, right. I got that in my memory. <laughs> you know, you know the, the, the funny part is, um, uh, you know, I, I, I love sarcasm. And, uh, but I'm kind of losing that because I know how much trouble it may get me into now, especially these days. But I can remember, you know, when I was in my 20s, late 20s and 30s and stuff, if, if that same sort of event had happened to me back then, yeah, I would have come back with a very sarcastic remark. But, but yeah. I know now if I did that, I mean, good Lord, you know, who knows what she would have done. Is this to say she wouldn't have called the security on me or something? I, I, I don't know. And, and so it is. And so I, I even though, like you say, uh, we're blood people and I'm about just... Laid it out there and saying what I have to say, but um, I catch myself now watching it because this world is kind of already controlling me that way for fear of what is this going to turn into if I'm straightforward, you know? Um, you you just don't know, and and that's unfortunate. And it, when I think about it, it actually <laughs> angers me. But um, uh, what are you going to do? I know. Yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit about that a little later in the show about how men's rights are endangered that, you know, you have to be so careful these days because you might be accused of something even though you're innocent of it. So then you have to, like, you know, take time off from work and spend money and go to court and try to convince the judge or the jury that you didn't do whatever it was you were accused of. How do you prove something that didn't happen, right? I mean, it's just really a whole bunch of insanity going on. I mean, what are you supposed to do? Like slap a GoPro on your helmet and, and take was, that everywhere so you I can record everything? I mean, yeah, how I was, do you prove something like that. that? You might as well get like one of those police body cams and just wear that everywhere you go to cover yourself yeah. so that if you're accused of something, you have proof that uh, here's exactly what happened. Um, uh, that, that would be tragic if, if yeah. that's what this world turned into. But um, uh, I, don't, I don't think it's um, the logical to, uh, to consider. Yeah, that's what a GoPro is. The bikers use it on their helmets to... Uh, record things in fact i was at a coffee shop last year and i saw someone wearing one it's a camera that adjusts onto your helmet right and i said well why are you wearing a gopro and he said well i got into a really nasty traffic accident it wasn't my fault and i got you know uh plowed over and what have you and and it was just my word against the, this other driver's word and from now on out you know, here on out I wear this camera for fear that if something like this happens again I will have proof when I go to court that hey it wasn't my fault crazy so, that's unfortunate so that's the rule now when you leave it you know right now we leave the house you grab your your purse or your wallet your car keys and your cell phone so now we're going to add a GoPro to that list yeah um, let's that's unfortunate if, if we do get to that. It's pretty sad. Uh, 
you know, I had a show on this a few months ago with regard to the rape culture at colleges um, that <laughs> what's a guy going to do? I mean, it's like consensual sex at the time, and then she, the next day or two days later, two weeks later, whatever, she decides or her family decides or her roommates decide that, oh, no, no, this was really rape. And so she accuses the guy, and he goes through, you know, six to 24 months of hell in the court system. Sometimes they lose their job over over stuff like this. They don't even care if you're guilty or innocent. You know, HR calls you in and fires you over stuff like that. And uh, it's crazy. It's like, what's a guy to do to prevent her from calling rape at a future date when it wasn't rape? It's really horrible. So some colleges are making the couples sign a written agreement that it's consensual, I know what I'm doing, I'm not under the influence of drugs or alcohol, I know what I'm doing, and I'm saying yes. <laughs> and even that's not a 100% guarantee that that's going to hold up in court, but at least it's something. But you know what's interesting is I read an op-ed piece somewhere um, I can't remember where. I wish I had it and I'd share it with you. But uh, uh, and it was actually written. It was written by a woman, and it was it was about that very thing. And uh, and how uh, college age men are becoming more fearful of of not just dating, but even trying to just get out there and um, and have a one night stand, if you will. I don't want to use the wrong language here, but uh, um, that they would prefer to to stay home and play Xbox. Or watch pornography um, and avoid it altogether, and um, and uh, and then at the same time, women are wondering, well, why aren't these guys doing this? And uh, and gentlemen are like, it's it's just too dangerous. It's too dangerous to go out there because I don't want to be accused of something for something I didn't do. And I've always had the opinion that I hate when someone's just been accused of something but not been convicted and you know found guilty and convicted of it but there are pictures all over the TV it's in the newspaper and that's for just about any crime you know I don't I don't think that anyone's information should be put out there until they have been found guilty of it because just the accusation itself and your photo being up there on on television uh, you're ruined you're ruined and even if you are found innocent and you Put your name and you get out there. That doesn't mean that everything after that is going to be honky dory. Uh, so yeah, that that's my problem with the system there. Absolutely, but, and there are certain professions that have zero tolerance for this kind of thing, whether you're innocent or not. Let, I mean, let's let's say you have high security clearance at some sort of governmental agency, or um, you know aerospace or military related kind of job maybe you're in the private sector but it's you know it's related in those, those industries and they're not going to put up with something like this on your record exactly you know so i mean the guy is just really got to be super careful one time a college guy asked me well what am i supposed to do how am i supposed to date and i'm like don't date college girls go date the girl <laughs> down the street at the 711 um you know, you know i don't was, know what they're was... teaching them in college, but it's a lot of hogwash. That was one thing I forgot to mention about that op-ed piece that I that I wrote. Um, that the writer suggested uh, if if prostitution was made legal in California and there were actual brothels like there are in Nevada, um, what would what would college boys do? Would they say, you know what, that's exactly what I want? I go, <laughs> I pay, I, I go, I pay, and I get what I want, and I'm out of there, and there's no nonsense i don't get accused of anything because we all know why we're there and uh and 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 the and the writer believed that that in itself would almost kill dating <laughs> in, the, yeah. in the state for younger people because men are just more and more men especially the younger ones the college kids are like i i'm, I'm afraid you know of being accused of something and i have read cases where uh you know, well, people, the term they've used is that, they, that regret is not rape. And yeah. um, and so guys have had to pay the price when, yeah, okay, we were both under the influence. We did what we did. But suddenly the the man, he's the bad guy. And, and there's no responsibility on her part. So she just waves the, the rape flag and he's done. 
Uh, and I know there's a case over at uh, USC going on where everything's been proven that the gentleman was found innocent. I can't remember his name. And and even the police aren't looking into it anymore, but the college won't, you know, they expel him. They won't cut this guy any slack because that's what their role is. And mm-hmm. I think that's completely unfair, and I hope the guy sues the hell out of the school uh, to clear his name because they found that he didn't do anything wrong. And there were even other witnesses that found that uh, that he was innocent of what he was uh, accused of. Um, but he's still going through it. You know, he's. Uh, I, I feel horrible for this guy. Absolutely. You know, if the tables were flipped, um, years ago I was asked to do to write an article. I had to go to a strip club and, and write an article, right? So I got done with doing my questions and what I needed to, what I went there for. I had enough information to write the article, et cetera, et cetera. So at the end of all that, I went to the club owner and I said, you know, why, why is it that there aren't, um, you know, brothels the other way around where a female customer, you know, she might be lonely, she might be mid- widowed, she might be divorced, you know, she no longer has a guy in her life and, you know, hey, she might have sexual needs too. Why aren't there brothels in the other direction with the other gender? And he looked at me and he said, are you kidding me? He says, no matter what we do or how we set it up, set up the rules, women would sue us. And he says, we'd be out of business in no less than one day. And I really have to take what he said <laughs> as being true because it's just no matter how you set up the rules, you know, a, a woman has the right to change her mind and what was pleasurable, you know, one day, you know, the next day, oh, no, that was rape. Well, yeah, I, I wonder, there's a, there's a show on Showtime called Gigolos, and it's supposed it's like a reality show about these guys that are actually gigolos in Vegas. And um, and uh, and it's it's kind of entertaining. I don't know how real it is. I don't. I feel that way about all of so-called reality television. But if there are male escorts out there, and women go to them, and sometimes on the show, sometimes they interview the women, and they will say, you know, I just got divorced, and I I don't want a date, and I don't want anything serious. So I just decided, decided to you know get one of these guys for the evening and have some fun. And I'd love to know uh, if if that is in fact happening. How many forms does this escort agency have this woman sign so she can't come back and say, "Hey, you know, uh, this guy took advantage of me." You know, uh, I mean, I would certainly do that if that was if it is legit. I would have every you are here of your own free will. You know what you're doing. You're paid for this, um, so don't come back to us uh, unless. She has proof that the guy gets out of line, of course, that he should be prosecuted. But um, I, I, I hear, you know, through, when I lived in Nevada, and I heard from the brothels that they was it was very rare that there was a problem because everyone knew what they were there for. Hmm. Yeah, you know, if I were that club owner, I'd be slapping up cameras everywhere. <laughs> I really would. I, in fact, I'd have a sign that says, um, you know, if if everything is above board, this camera is not going into use. But you know, don't even try to think of bending the truth because the camera is watching. Exactly. There's your <laughs> GoPro. GoPro that the rest of us are going to be wearing GoPro everywhere we go. So. To the rescue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who knew that these uh, that these cameras were going to be used in such various settings other than biking? Who knew? Yeah. How funny! I have another caller on the line, Tom. You're Welcome to stay on or, or uh, exit as, now, I, as you uh, desire. I was just going to thank you for the time. i got to get back to work here. So uh, it's been a pleasure, and um, uh, it was fun talking to you. Thanks for making the time. I really appreciate it. We'll see you again. Take care. Okay, I think we have another caller on the line. We have Al from North Carolina. Yeah, Welcome to the doing? show. Uh, okay. Yes, um, yeah, this is Alfonso. You inboxed me um, not too long ago on Facebook. It told me to uh, call. Okay. Hi. Welcome. And, um, yeah. So thank you. Thank you for having me. And I kind of agree with everything that's just been said. Um, I never heard the term man- mansplaining before, but it's like when a certain man is knowledgeable or not always about knowledge is it can be from experience and 
when he talks about it or explains it, it's like everybody and, you know, mostly women be like, it's all lies. Uh, that's not what's going on. Or they look at, you know, you know, me, a prime example, they'll look at me as if I'm crazy and I don't know what I'm talking about. Or it sounds as if I'm whining. You know, I, I get that a lot. So I think if I just back off and don't say anything, and then it's just like, oh, your voice really matters. So why you're not speaking? Why you so quiet? I, I just say, you know, for myself, I live in a in an opposite world. Mm-hmm. You know, if I if I'm doing what I'm thinking is right, is not right, and then when if when I'm not doing that's that's not right, then people want to act righteous all of a sudden. You know, so I I, I kind of you know understand. So you're kind of kind of darned if you do and darned if you don't kind of thing, huh? Yeah, yeah. The damn if I do, if damn you speak if I up, don't, you know. You know, then they're going to get mad at that, and if you don't speak up, they get mad at that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, if I if I'm coming off as a you know being nice and trying to talk, and you know everybody looking at me crazy, but then if I start treating them the same way I they treating me, then I'm mean, I'm bitter. Hmm. So, do you think these men should be called out on their on their poor behavior, or you think women are just taking this too far? And then here's the flip side to all that. You know, as much as call uh, these feminists are calling men out for that, there there is a large group of the population that they actually seek the bad boy. They actually seek these men that have these poor negative social qualities. What, what's up with that? Which way do you guys want it? Did I lose Al? Okay. Let's, uh, Al, call us back if you can. By the way, if you want to chime in on this topic, we're talking about mansplaining, and our phone number is 951-922-3532. Again, that number is 951-922-3532. We're talking about this word that is a contraction of these two words, man and explaining. So it's typically used when a guy talks down to a woman because he presumes that he knows more than she does. So I'm wondering why this is. I mean, I think it partly has to do with, you know, maybe he's trying to help, which is a good thing. Maybe he's trying to be informational, which is a good thing. Um, But Anyway, it might be on the man's part that there's a little bit of insecurity there, especially when he thinks he needs to talk down to somebody who's already an expert or in the position on the subject that he's talking about. So I think it it is one-upsmanship. I think there is a little bit of uh, insecurity with some of the men who do this mansplaining. So you have to kind of look at why that is. I mean, uh, were you bullied on the schoolyard? Were you bullied by your dad? Like, what's causing um, you to, (laughs) you know, talk down to somebody who's already an expert in their field in this area? Kind Kind of a strange dynamic. So if you're guilty of that, you know, then it's something to look at. If you're not guilty of that, then... You know, humor always works. I mean, if you can come from a place of being lighthearted and kind and almost make like a soft joke out of it, not a hard joke because that's going to get you in trouble too, but a soft, mild joke out of it, um, I think that will win over the situation as well. And when it thoroughly makes no sense, Gosh, if I were in your situation, I'd just be asking the other person. Like, I'm sorry, uh, you know, I meant this gesture to be kind. I'm not really sure where you're coming from. And let her understand because maybe one of you misread the whole situation. So, you know, a few more words of communication can clear up a um, a lot of these things. Okay, so... Another word that uh, I hope our, our caller calls back, but in the event he doesn't, he wanted us to define uh, misandry, uh, which is a dislike of, of contempt for or ingrained prejudice, prejudice against 
men against the male sex. So, yeah, there's a lot of that going on today, too. Um, you know, women say that it's a patriarchal society and it's been this way for way too long. Way back in the day, on day one, it used to be a female-oriented society, but those tables were flipped. They especially got flipped with the... Uh, with the invention of church and religion, because church and re religion was there to protect the women and children, which is a good thing, because society didn't want to bear the brunt of, of the negative aspects of, you know, the, the woman or child being homeless or in poverty or uh, without food, going hungry, etc. So, um, you know, that made sense back then. Um, and in order to do so, uh, the roles got flipped around that time 2,000 years ago to where it became more of a patriarchal society because the men of the church decided that if they're going to lay down these rules, they better have the power. Um, or maybe church was invented for, for men to get the power. So anyway, here we are 2,000 years later, Women think it's been long enough. It's been, you know, the first wave of feminism back in the 1920s, the right to get to the right to vote. That, that all made sense back then. No, no issue with that one. Um, in the 1970s, uh, women, that was the second wave of feminism. They wanted to have equal pay for equal work. Here we are some 40 years later. We still haven't solved that problem. And we're not going to solve it by using the gender card. So here we are in, into, the, into the 2000s, and now it's kind of like gotten out of control to where every step of the way, wherever you look in the media, somehow or another they're making the guy wrong. I don't believe in that. I think uh, I, I believe in fairness. I believe in justice. I, I am all for female power, but not to the detriment of the opposite sex. Like if you're going to have a revolution, if you're going to empower yourself, you have to empower both sexes. You have to enlighten both sexes to get ahead. So, you know, to disempower one sex, I mean, that's just like a grown-up version of being a bully today. I mean, it's just... It's just crazy. It shouldn't should not be happening. the uh, The other word that um, Al wanted us to to know about and mention on the show was the term mangina, which is a contraction of two terms: uh, man plus a female body part. And the definition of this one is: it's a male lackey of the feminist hate movement. I'm quoting, um, usually called a male feminist who views women as superior to men and always bows down always bows down to and agrees with women in an attempt to curry favor. Hmm. So basically this person is a nice guy. And I don't believe in nice guy for those of you who have read my book Mastering Women uh, chapter 4. I talk about nice guy and why it doesn't work. To me a nice guy is just a guy who can't close the deal. So he's doing all these extra nice things, chasing his tail, jumping through the hoops, doing whatever she wants. Maybe he's helping her get tires or he's painting her living room or he goes out to get uh, dog food in the middle of the night because she ran out of food or whatever it is. Um, he's hoping to gain favor with her so eventually she'll just break down and figure out, oh, you're such a nice guy, I better have sex with you and give you what you want in return. It never works that way. So <laughs> hence, that's why this term mangina is in place because, um, you know, the last thing a girl wants to know is that you can't close the deal, any deal. Um, women like guys who are confident, not only in the bedroom, but in work and in social circles, they want to know that you have the confidence to um, take a risk and get your mission accomplished. Make sense? So, yeah, you don't want to be that word. Um, what else? Oh, we have um, Richie from uh, Ireland, I think it is, and he brings up the, the term man-terrupting. So this is when a man 
interrupts a woman. So why is this? Again, I think it has a little bit to do with the insecurity thing and the bullying thing. I think something was going on in earlier days and, you know, that's why he feels like he's got to interrupt. So, for example, um, I'm sure that if he were around his boss at work or I'm sure if he had a particular person whom he looked up to, maybe it's the leader of his favorite rock band or maybe it's the owner of his favorite, I don't know, favorite product, like, I don't know, like favorite rifle or gun or whatever. He's not going to interrupt that person. Why? Because there's a level of respect there. So when he is man-terrupting, as they say, um, it's because either because he has a little bit of insecurity or because he wants to um, assert his domination over the other person, but it's not a worthy domination. He, he doesn't feel that from within, doesn't have that confidence level, so that's why he throws respect out the window because he wants her to have respect for him. Um, at the end of the day, actually what's happening is the exact opposite of that. She loses respect for her, for you, because she feels that she's not heard. And when she has to keep repeating her last line of where she, wherever she left off, it gets very frustrating for a woman. So, you know, the re respect that you're trying to demand is actually going to backfire on you. So... You cannot demand respect. You have to earn respect, and that goes for either gender. Make sense? You have to earn it. And you don't earn it with words, and you don't earn it with interrupting somebody. Um, you know, there are other ways to do that. You, you might actually, a way to earn it would be to do the opposite. Don't interrupt. Let her finish and say something to the effect of, let me see if I understand what you're saying and then repeat back the last sentence in your own words. I think you mean you're saying X, Y, Z. Is that correct, Susie? And then she says yes, and then you can carry on and make your point. Well, women really like that, and that it is a method to uh, be respected. It's called, in psychology, we call that mirroring, that you are making sure that you understand what the other person is saying first before you hop in and make your comment. Okay? Make sense? Okay. Another one that I want to talk about is manspreading. And, uh, yeah, we had uh, Mikey, I think he's from Los Angeles, bring up this term, manspreading. So what is this? This is uh, women who complain about men taking up too much space on public transportation. So there actually was a new bill that was passed in New York City because guys were going on the subway in New York. And as you can imagine, with that many mil millions of people riding the train every day, they can get pretty crowded. So the guy sits in his seat and he spreads his legs wide open, thereby taking up the most amount of real estate possible. And in essence, he's taking up maybe two seats, like a half a seat on this side and a half a seat on the other side. So it's really taking up, uh, you know, like three seats, two and a half seats worth of space because he's man spreading, spreading his legs. So girls don't like that. But, you know, the flip side of all that is women do that in a different way. Um, they might bring their diaper bag and place it on the seat next to them, or maybe they went shopping that day, so they're bringing their shopping bags, two or three shopping bags, and sitting it on the, the seat next to them, taking up a seat. Or maybe they're really tired, they worked a long shift, and they're crashing out, and maybe their leg space is taking up you know, two seats worth of space. So women do it too. And for whatever reason, when you call the reverse of, of all these things, um, it seems like <laughs> women don't get called out on uh, reverse negativity here, that it only applies to, um, you know, it only applies to the men doing the, the 
is poor behavior behaviors. So uh, let's see what else we got. We have Lauren, and she wanted to bring up the term oppressive male gaze. So what that means is is that you're staring at a woman without. You know, she might be a very attractive woman that you just can't take your eyes off, so to speak. But you're not really asking for their consent. And you're, you know, I guess back in the day, maybe guys did it sort of on the on the down low. They did it slyly. But but when a guy is completely oogling her, um, you know, they they don't like that. They feel like you're, you know, <laughs> raping them, you know, right there in public. So. Yeah, that that one's called oppressive male gaze, okay? And uh, we had another uh, person who said, well, that it's not necessarily oppressive, but it is a male gaze, okay? Makes sense? All right, so, uh, oh, manslamming was another one. That was when you're walking down the sidewalk and you are intentionally refuse to move out of the way for a woman. That, that you're just slamming your body into hers. So, man slamming. All right. There it is. Okay, so that's all we have for this show. I want to thank my callers for calling in. I really appreciate it. You, too, can call in next time. So catch us each and every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and we'll see you right back here next Wednesday on the Men's Advocate Show. Have a great week. 